Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Carl Alomar. Carl, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Seth. Nice to be here. It is nice to have you. You are up to some really cool stuff. Tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, so I'm managing partner at a, a fund called M13. Um, we invest uh, early stage technology startups, um, generally Series A core investments, and uh, doing a lot of really interesting things in a bunch of different categories. All right. So let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? So I'm not an investor by trade. That's something that I've just taken on in the last three and a half years. But um, I've spent 20 plus years uh, kind of building or founding, building, running companies. Um, three really of note. Uh, I started as an engineer um, just basically by training and by education. And then started my first company actually in the late 90s, 97. Uh, ended up selling that in 2000. Uh, stayed with the company for another year. And then when I did an MBA, uh, after that, um, after that, I built a fintech business. Uh, ended up selling that in 2010. Got it to about 140 million in revenue. Uh, and then, following that business, I ultimately joined a company called DigitalOcean, where I actually took the COO role rather than the CEO role I had in the previous two, and uh, helped build that company really from the ground up. Uh, during my time there, over about six years, we built it to about 250 million dollar run rate. Um, but since then, uh, we got it ready to go public. It's gone IPO. Now it's you know, more than double that size and uh, doing incredibly well. EBITDA positive, cash flow positive, and growing at you know, 35 plus percent year over year. So just a really, really great business. Congratulations. That's incredible, an incredible success right there. How did your involvement in M13 come about? Yeah, so I, I, as I said, I, I had been, um, I ended up uh, at DigitalOcean for almost six years, but about a year before I actually finally decided to leave, um, you know, a couple of old friends of mine were courting me, Carter and Courtney Reem, who are the founders of M13. They had built uh, their first fund and had had a lot of success with it. And uh, they were courting me to come with them and kind of help build uh, an infrastructure for a more institutional kind of disruptive fund. And being an entrepreneur as I am, it was always a thought of, you know, interesting, would love to work in a fund, would love to invest, would love to work with other founders, but it's got to feel disruptive, it's got to feel entrepreneurial, it can't be just a run-of-the-mill uh, venture fund. And so we spent that year really architecting it out. Um, and at the point where I kind of had to make a decision of whether I was going to join them full-time or not, 
was the point at which we were prepared to go IPO. We were hiring in a new CEO to take us IPO. And I was being presented with the option of either sticking around for four years or you know, making a decision to leave. And, uh, and so my decision ultimately was that I didn't think economically made sense for me to stick around for four years. And the M13 opportunity was really exciting to me. And so I took that step and transitioned to a very, very different lifestyle, very, very different job. <laughs> Congratulations on that. So let's talk about that. What does a day look like for you? Um, so I do now, honestly, if you ask my wife, she said, this is what I've always wanted to do all my life. I, I work now essentially spending time and meeting with inspirational young leaders that are building the, the businesses and technologies of the future. So my, my day generally consists of working hand in hand with founders on helping them navigate and strategize how they're gonna build their businesses. Now that's filled in with conversations with new businesses that we're interested in participating with. Obviously I'm the managing partners. There's a lot of day-to-day -day operational stuff that I have to do, but really the, the essence of, of what I do is working with this portfolio of incredible inspirational founders that I'm just excited to be working with every day. And you know, Every time you see them achieve their goals and realize their vision, and you know that you've been part of that story, it's just incredibly gratifying. Who is an ideal candidate for you? Uh, the general theme of an ideal candidate, um, I, you know, someone's got to be inspiring. They've got to, obviously, there's all these table stakes, right? So the business itself has to be a good business model, has to make sense. It has to be a category in a market that we're excited about, but fundamentally you're investing in the person and the person has to be inspirational. They have to be, you know, that unique capability of just getting stuff done that you can't imagine in a normal world would happen. So when, when I see these founders that, uh, you know, we're setting impossible tasks for, and they're going out there and they're just executing them. And you think of this person will break down walls. This person will do whatever it takes to, to, to build their vision, then that's really the inspiration. That's the, that's the type of founder we get excited about and the type of founder that I you know, really want to get behind and, and support and help. Uh, often we see relatively young founders, which is great for me because I love being able to share at least the learnings I've had in my life um, to help them navigate mistakes that I made that hopefully they can avoid. And so that's where I think the greatest value is. But then obviously from time to time, you get to work with some really experienced founders which in itself is more of just a clean partnership and just kind of brainstorming strategization um, uh, type approach. And, and that is that in itself is also obviously very exciting. <coughs> Excuse me. Absolutely. So you've been there several years. Um, what's been, you know, one of your favorite projects that you've worked on? Okay, so that's that's very very interesting. It's just I love them all so much. It's like which is your favorite child, right? <laughs> there's never an answer. Um, I think there is some really interesting one. There's a there's a company called Lightning Labs. It's a layer two protocol that sits on top of Bitcoin that allows you to transact um, in the Bitcoin environment uh, in real time. Um, when we you know, the CEO uh, is named Elizabeth Stark. She's an incredibly powerful and passionate CEO, has, you know, an incredible ability to navigate the markets and navigate her network to, to kind of build what she wants to build. And this business, you know, when we first invested in them was really just kind of a little bit of a pipe dream, just minimal numbers, minimal metrics, but just 
incredible founder, an incredible um, CTO founder alongside her. And we just believed that what they were building and we believed in their ability to do things that were just incredibly unique. You know, since then, we, we helped them with thinking about how they're building their org structure, thinking about how they're implementing data into their decision-making, thinking about um, you know, some product evolution, like a whole bunch of different areas of how they built their business. And just really excited to see, you know, we were able to increase our ownership round to round and, and get, you know, put more money in behind them as we saw them continue to break, you know, break ground and, and you know, execute on, on the task in hand. And ultimately at this point, you know, their, their most recent valuation has been north of a billion dollars. They're continuing to grow and just seeing a huge potential outcome for them as a business. But outcome aside, just the excitement to see something that really started as just a, a germination of a, of a concept and really see it evolve into something really meaningful and really disruptive in the category is, is super exciting. That is exciting. You mentioned earlier helping them avoid mistakes you've learned about along the way. I think that's, you know, it's easier to learn to avoid others' mistakes than just to copy success. Not as necessarily yeah. easy to copy if you don't know how they did it. What have been some of the mistakes that you've been able to help some of your founders avoid? Um, a lot of them generally around growth and especially organizational growth. So we definitely made a, a handful of mistakes at DigitalOcean. You know, we hired a hundred engineers in 2014, you know, once we got our series A from Andrews and Horowitz, um, we were growing so fast, you know, everybody was just basically heads down saying, we just need resources. We just need resources. And we really did the process executed on that process inefficiently, no structure, no organization, just, Hey, let's go find engineers wherever we can find them and just put them in a, you know, in a pile. And through that year, we hired 100 engineers. We probably lost over 50% of them. And the problem is the ones you lose are the good ones. And so we ultimately had a very much a kind of a, a cultural crisis in the organization. And, you know, by the end of the year, we had the internal intervention of our own that we did at the executive level and just basically decided we need to do things different and come 2015, we reinvented our approach towards hiring, reinvented our approach towards organizational design, reinvented our approach towards communication and culture development. And within a year, I think by the beginning of 2016, we were voted like number one place to work in New York on cranes or something like that. Wow. So the turnaround from 2014 to the beginning of 2016 was night and day. And so what that told me was that hiring and building an organization isn't just about throwing resources at the problem. It is a design effort. It is really is a, an effort to figure out who are the right people, how do we onboard them, how do we build the culture, how do we make sure that people are really engaged and de delivering at 100%. And I think for most of the companies that we've seen that have really started seeing success and growing at a high pace, that's been one of the most valuable lessons that we've, we've imparted upon them. And the thing that the founders don't think about, you know, they don't necessarily recognize if they haven't built big organizations before they don't recognize the pitfalls that come with that so that's probably a pretty easy example of something that's repeated itself a bunch of times you m13 talk a little bit about the structure as is this is there only one fund or there are multiple funds or some of them open some of them closed yeah so we're on our third fund uh we're still investing out of the second fund but only for um 
uh, only out of reserves, so only in existing portfolio companies. Fund three is all new investments. It's $400 million fund. We do our standard check, you know, our core check is five to $15 million. We like to leave the series A, but we will come in earlier and kind of co-lead a seed investment or something, anywhere from one to 4 million. Um, so, so we do have a breadth of different types of investments in there. Um, and we're really focused on, you know, we differentiate ourselves because we're very, very operational. We built a team of about 40 people. Um, most of the team is actually oriented purely on helping founders in our portfolio. So rather than being heavily weighted on the front end investment team, we're actually heavily weighted on the back end operational team. Um, we have kind of a, you know, SWAT team investment team that's just very good at finding very good businesses that we want to be a part of. And then ultimately our relationship with these founders is horizontal across the whole company. And we have multiple facets of, of experience and, you know, my level of, of executive experience across multiple functions that really works hand in hand with them and helps them navigate how to build their businesses more effectively. And so that's something that we're very proud of. We're able to do it at a much younger stage than most funds can do it because we've honestly directly invested in doing that out of our own pockets rather than fund management fees. And, uh, and we believe that that's going to create better outcomes. And we believe that founders also appreciate that and love that. And I think that's reflected in our brand and in the NPS we get from our founders and kind of exactly what we're doing uh, in that regard. How do you source deal flow? How are the, how are these companies finding you? You know, there's always the cold inbound where people just write to us and send things in. And once in a blue moon, those actually, you know, hit the mark and you're like, wow, I don't know where this came from, but it's fantastic. But I would say most of our best deals come through relationships, networks, referrals, um, you know, founders, relationships uh, that we know. Founders, not only that are in our portfolio, but founders that honestly we didn't invest in, that just really enjoyed the experience with us. Um, and then, you know, other other. GPs out there that are investing and want us to be part of the deals with them because they, they recognize the value that we bring into the relationship. So um, yeah, referrals are probably the biggest way in which we source the best companies, but there's always kind of this uh, direct inbound kind of bucket of businesses that are actually can sometimes be very interesting. For our folks, just to be clear, we are not making any solicitations or recommendations about investing um, on this podcast, but for our folks who want to learn more uh, about what it is that you are doing, how do they get in touch with you? How do they learn more? Yeah, I mean, the easiest way to find me is probably on LinkedIn. So just call Alamar on LinkedIn and, and uh, we post a bunch of stuff that M13 is also on LinkedIn. But then you can also um, email us at M13. Uh, it's m13.co is the website. So you can either go through the website or you can email me directly, which is Carl at m13.co and that's probably the best way to reach out to us all right well this has been seth green with carl alamar of m13.co carl thanks so much for joining us thanks seth appreciate the time thanks everybody for watching or listening we will see you or talk to you next time do you need money to fund your idea product or service are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done kevin harrington has heard more than fifty thousand pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. 
text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.